I think through like some personal trauma, I've um, learned to really depend on myself and to um, to push through the fear. So like, mm-hmm. do it scared, do it afraid, um, because it's better than being like in the trauma that mm-hmm. was just like over there somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so I've kind of conditioned myself to be able to pursue some things that I was not exposed to, mm-hmm. um, because I just wanted to do something different and have a different experience and I didn't want to live in a certain way. This is the 40 Lessons Podcast. My name is Todd B. Waldo. Thank you for checking out 40 Lessons. Welcome to the brand new season. Welcome to 2020, it's a brand new year. And uh, excited to bring to you a new season, some brand new conversations here on the 40 Lessons podcast. Getting us started today is Dr. Holly Freeman. I'm a big fan of who she is and all the work that she does in Richmond. Uh, She leads the Mass Science Innovation Center. And you can learn more about the programming and all that they offer in this community. Go to mymsic.org. Org, but they do some great work uh, providing extraordinary educational experiences in science, technology, mathematics. Uh, so go check them out. M-Y-M-S-I-C.org. And Holly, she leads that place. Uh, she's done great work across a lot of big cities here in the country. Uh, she's authored books focusing on STEM and education reform and gender and education equality. Uh, here in the States and abroad. She's busy in the community doing a lot of things. And we get into a lot of that, how she just balances all those things, uh, how she leans into our passions, works through fear. So I'm excited to share this conversation with you. After she and I are done talking and after you listen to that, stay tuned because I want to tell you about THC. That's the human connection. Uh, So I want to tell you all about them and what they do. Uh, So we'll do that after this conversation now with Dr. Holly Freeman here on the 40 Lessons Podcast. I am over at Gather. Shout out to Gather. And I am here with a good friend who I think is one of the superstars in this city doing really dope things. Holly is here. Holly is here. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for coming over to Gather. Thank you for the Direct invitation. Direct from a meeting. Like you're always doing stuff. I came right from a meeting. <laughs> so thank I'm you. talking about picture books or something. Okay. You know. So thank you for braving the journey on Broad Street. It's all good. To come over here to sit down and talk with me. It's my pleasure. So I appreciate that. Uh, every time I think of you, I, of course, think of this wonderful center that's mm-hmm. over there. But when I think of you, I think of a person who's like you've lived, I think, at least 18 different lives. <laughs> I have. And you've done a lot. Like you've done a lot of stuff in the breadth of all the things. Uh, I got a little bit of that because mm-hmm. you stepped on stage. I to did. To be your TEDx talk. My TEDx. <laughs> um, and then it was all up in the family. Yes. Right? Yes. So, <laughs> which is, it was just beautiful to see. Um, but I want to come, I want to go back. I want to mm-hmm. go back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. When you were, where you were born, what city were you in? So I was born and raised in Richmond. Right here. Right here. In Richmond, Virginia. In Richmond, Virginia. And um, what neighborhood was your family in? So, that's a good question. I think that we were over on Laburnum near the old state fairgrounds. Okay. Um, my father's family is from Prince George, Virginia, okay. and my mother's family is from Churchill. 
And really? uh, I don't know if I knew that. Yeah, the yeah. whole family. When my grandmother, who's 93, when we go to church, she's like, hey, you was born right here in this house. And I'm like, okay, on like P and something, 23rd really? and P or something. Mm-hmm. So they were, uh, so she lived there. And my great grandmother worked at the American Tobacco Fam, uh, the American Tobacco Company and wow. the whole thing. So I was born and raised here. But I don't have a lot of memories of the neighborhood, um, mm-hmm. except that one neighborhood kind of in Laburnum. Yeah. But I d- will say that, um, this is probably TMI, but I was breech birth. And I think that's kind of like how my life has kind of, I've like fought for a lot of stuff. You mm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I just came out like wrong right. and fighting and <laughs> just like trying Ready. to get, like up, you know, get myself upright and all yeah. of that stuff. And, and so um, to be able to like stand on two feet and like do shit, do yeah. stuff is... Um, that's just getting your right. yeah. You guys can't see this, but there's a, there's a... I talk with my hands. So maybe I just put my hands down. Does it help? This filter that we have is trying to be helpful, but is this getting in Holly's way right yeah. now, people? Talk with my hands. <laughs> put my hands under it's the fine. table. It's fine. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I was born and raised in Richmond. So, I didn't realize. So, that's... So, do you know... So, that's clearly three generations of your family. Yes. In And around Richmond, in Virginia... Have you gone further back than that? Like, how many generations? I have. I have. Really? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's a story that everybody, it's everybody's story, right? So there's, yeah. you know, the person who was passing and they moved to, you know, New York and married a Jewish person. Not everybody thinks they're a different mm-hmm. person. And I have stories of um, family members coming back to the farm and then their, their, their spouses now realizing that they're really not kind of married to the person I thought mm-hmm. I was going to marry to. Mm-hmm. So I've gone back and, um, and traced family to different continents and um but my family doesn't really talk about that mm-hmm. and to the point where like it like it can't come up like, like very much on purpose very much on purpose oh. so my sister and i were thinking about doing the dna testing and so we're mm-hmm. like if we do this people are gonna be upset because you're not really you know like people don't talk about it yeah. so there's a lot of kind of secrets in there in terms of who family members are yeah. and where they came from and um so I'm kind of betwixt and between about that whole mm-hmm. part of it. I'm having a fight on the ancestry, AfricanAncestry.com. I have like a little fight with somebody on there right now. Yeah. Because I'm asking about like how do you trace family members, not just from the continent of Africa, but also yeah. your indigenous peoples and people from Europe, right? Like, yeah. so do you have to do all three ancestries to learn all about you? And every like there's a lot of conversation about that. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Something all this to say, I have you know all these notes about my family tree, and I've gone back pretty far, and uh, and they're from all over the place. That's good. And it's and, you know, and I kind of have to catch my dad at this point in the right frame of mind to be able to talk about who some of the his grandparents mm-hmm. were because there's all this um, shame and or the way people were treated yeah. because of skin color or what you know. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of kind of shame in it really, and so it's hard to kind of dig down in it Mm -hmm. but i do have a lot of information does that discovery of of that really real shame that real pain Mm -hmm. um how much of that do you carry with you (laughs) as you because you are like you are in in your work and in your life like you are in these places where you you touch people who are impacted by some of the hardest and worst and and most detrimental parts especially of richmond and decisions that were made by richmond do you carry that that with you and the work you're doing yeah so i'm going to tell you two quick stories to, mm-hmm. to lead up to that i um when i was in college like going into my freshman year mm-hmm. so again you know i was born and raised in richmond went to uh new york city for school and ended up going to africa 
uh, to help build a school. Mm. And we're all on the bus, and um, I'm so excited to be there. And um, some military guys, you know, got on the bus, mm-hmm. and they took everybody's passport, and all the passports came back except mine. And so the leader was like, don't get off the bus, don't look at them. Like, they were trying to negotiate my price, right? And so, like, things like that were happening because I was the only person that, looked at dif- that I looked differently, mm-hmm. right? And then we get to the village in the Gambia. Barracunda is the village, not even on a map. It's called Barracunda. Mm-hmm. And the village is comprised of families, three different families. And I'm there in the village, and the kids are afraid of me. So here I'm like, I'm coming home. Mm-hmm. And they were afraid. Wow. And that really, like, did something to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to learn. I had a little um, post-it note that I had to walk around with that gave me the words to say, like, I am black. I'm from America. I'm not white, like all of this stuff. Yeah. And it's like, so something that I just kind of took for granted really like took me a, took me back. And I would like go into, there was a naming ceremony. I'm like, I'm going to this naming ceremony. And they were yeah. like, you're not going to naming ceremony. I'm like, well, I want to. And so. Here I go talk about turning off phones <laughs> and I am the failure on my own so, podcast, folks. There we go. <laughs> so I think that kind of just, so that was a part of othering that I didn't expect. Like yeah. I was going there to be connected and I got othered while I was there. And I think I carry that's that unex- around. That's so unexpected. Yeah, it is. And um, and so, in my work, so people, you know, so folks at work say like you, like the brown, and, the brown and black people, like you're always, like you're in the fight for people who are under resourced, which are typically the brown and black mm-hmm. students. And I remember working at work, and I'm so careful about what images that you see of mm-hmm. the Mass Science Innovation Center. Mm-hmm. And I was getting a lot of pushback from that from people on staff. To the point where I, I had to, you know, like it was important to show a diversity of experiences so that mm-hmm. people can see themselves in this work, in these experiences, in mm-hmm. these programs. And so I do like, I think I wear that outside of mm-hmm. myself. This like, who am I and how my work represents who I am mm-hmm. and who I, um, serving all students, but really want to make sure that kids that don't have access have access and you have to do that by being in front of them which is what I talked about in the TEDx so yeah so I think that you know the whole like family drama trauma pain of kind of othering Mm -hmm. I still carry that with me do you I grew up with this um, I think somewhat unhealthy and not all helpful responsibility to my people Mm mm-hmm when you walk out, you know you represent us. Yes. Don't whacked up, right? <laughs> now, some of that is, I think some of that was good, mm-hmm. and some of it wasn't helpful because I don't represent the whole race because mm-hmm. I, I just don't. Uh, no one person could. Mm-hmm. You have what I perceive as a sense of responsibility. Absolutely. So the other side of that is you, you re- when you get there, think about us, mm-hmm. right? Um, and how does shame turn to pride? Right. Like, how? what was your journey of, like, you discover more about yourself when you come from, but now it's, seems like it's pride now. It's not, yep. for you, it's not, it's like not shame. That. It's and, not right. shame. It's, how did you, how do you make that turn from something that is kind of hidden to, nah, that, that's who I am, and that's a good thing. So I went to Columbia University at the time where we were talking about divestment from South Africa, uh, South Africa and apartheid movement. Mm-hmm. We were protesting about the lack of African American uh, courses on campus, and it was a very strong group of Black folks on campus. And we were protesting Black armbands, mm. like doing the most. And that's when I 
that's when I became like proud. I'm, I'm, it's not like a not proud, proud. But that's when I like stepped into my full self. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would, yeah, like I, just, I think that was it. Like there was so much political energy on campus around mm-hmm. um, being on the right side of some of these issues. And I really like fell into that and started working hard. And I actually changed my major from um, biology. I was going to be a doctor mm-hmm. to teaching because I was like, how can I affect the most change? Mm. I can do it with students. Yeah. And so I changed my major in my third year and started working with students. And I think that's when I started to feel that sense of pride, not just pride, but responsibility. I chose specifically where I was going to work um, by the student population. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still would choose. I still choose. I would still choose to do that. So I think that's when it happened when I became politically active at school. Do you try to create that kind of transformational, impactful moment? Because you're you're around the next generation often, right? Uh, and I very similar to you. Mm-hmm. College was when my brown skin was a good thing, right? For the like for the for one of the first times. Mm-hmm. My sense of connection to a, a to an ancestor and to a community and to this, in a way that was prideful, but also in a way that really um, gave me incentive mm-hmm. to build upon what what my family and what others had secured for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got politically active for the first time, so that, like you, college mm-hmm. was the place that it just kind of came alive. Do you try to create that? Some of that. A lot of our activism is, you know, we hit a heart and we and we like it. Um, but do you try to create that space or those experiences so that someone like you who is of a, this generation can then kind of realize and experience and then kind of see their place in the in this, in this movement that we're still in? Yeah, so that's a good question. So I'm going to just back up for two seconds and go back to the college kind of activism mm-hmm. piece. When I left Richmond, you were either black or you're white. That was like it. Like even, no matter how you looked, didn't look like you were mm-hmm. either black or you're white. And so I never had to prove it. When I got to New York, I had to prove it. And so, and when I was in Africa, I had to prove it, right? So where do you come from? Who were your parents? Who were your grand? Like all of those questions kept coming up. Why does your mm-hmm. hair look like that? Why does your skin like? Just having to answer those questions over and over again made me dig deeper into who I am. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think kind of coupled with that like activism was the catalyst and like that isn't lost on me that it was like I had to prove like mm-hmm. I, I went to like you know okay to get my hair done like I had to go mm-hmm. to Dominican shop because they knew how to deal with it mm-hmm. and they were like yeah you're Dominican I'm like yeah I'm not and so having to like fuss with the people that are like so just doing that over and over again like I had to just be more and more like I am <clears throat> and, <laughs> and and I said it in Spanish and like the whole thing and yeah. I said it I said it in you know in um the language of that I where I was um in Africa mm-hmm. and so um and so to come back to Richmond where it's not just you're black or you're white mm-hmm. but there's a whole kind of plethora of people here and it's like fluid and like all of that stuff is an interesting experience for me. I was away for, I don't know, for like thir- 25, 30 years mm-hmm. and just come back about seven or eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And so um, the way that I, so the way when I was teaching in schools, the way that I was um, doing the piece that you just asked me about mm-hmm. was yes, like helping to empower students to like believe in their authentic selves and to know that they 
could learn, right? So it wasn't just like they had to learn from me, but they had to develop the, the muscle to learn, yeah. right? And being self-efficacious is a way to empower a community. So now that I'm back here at the, I'm back in Richmond, the Math Science Center, um, I'm a little bit further removed from the direct work with students, mm-hmm. but the way that I do evoke that kind of activism is around the curriculum that I develop, the mm-hmm. programs that I oversee, the training that I do for staff around uh, efficacy and equity and diversity mm-hmm. and the partners I bring in to help us think about the work. Um, and I remember times where I would just like bang my hand on the table and say, you may not talk about kids in that way. Mm. They are, n- this is not a deficit model. They have strengths. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do to pull out those strengths? And I remember just like banging my hand on the table mm-hmm. and a staff meeting just saying, you will not do that on my watch, you know? And so that's probably not the best way to like lead a group of people to be like <laughs> yelling at them and like that's banging your hands that's on the table. But I remember in that moment just being so like this is not okay. Like we yeah. cannot talk about kids like this and definitely not on my watch. Yeah. And so that's the way that I, that I am using my muscle mm-hmm. to help move students forward. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have a good sense of we and, and yes. our uh, to, to drive your work, but also to try and instill that in other people. So they see folks um, with the same value you know, they ascribe the same value and worth right. that, that you do. Right. Um, being back in Richmond and experiencing this version of Richmond, which <laughs> is different than the than the one you left. Right. Uh, I think it's called RVA now. I just well, I, I still I'll, say I still say Richmond. I don't know what, <laughs> what RVA means, but it's that brand. RVA yeah. is the brand. RVA is the brand. RVA but it's Richmond. It's we we Richmond. live in Richmond. You know, right. RVA, <laughs> is, RVA is what we. It's the good stuff. What we aspire. It's the good stuff. You know, we oh, okay. aspire gotcha. to be. You know, it's the now. brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, for you. Where do you find the places that that really affirm? Like you, you, your good sense of self, your sense of purpose, your sense of I'm part of this, you know, family and collective. I'm part of a group of people. Where do you go here? Where you're like, ah, these are my people. I oh, this is so funny. So um, I don't even know how I got hooked up with Anjali Moon, Africana. Shout out to Africana. Shout out to Africana. I love me some fifth Africana. year. Yes. Fifth year, 2020. Like blow it up. Fifth year of uh, the multi day festival of September. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's and Richmond, I, get ready. Richmond, get ready. Look. She's a beast, and so is everybody else on the team. Yes. I love them. It's on my screensaver. I have like a big old picture of the team. So my daughter, who's 19. Mm-hmm. When I first got involved in Africana, she must have been 16. I don't know, something like that, yeah. 15, 16. And she came to a meeting, and she sat there for a while. And after we left, she goes, Mom, these are your people. Like, you found your people. <laughs> I was like, I did find my people. These are my people. Yeah. Like, just so much, you know, affirmation and love. And we, you know, we like fuss about, well, what's going to, you know, the mm-hmm. program and Da, 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 and who's gonna do this and who's gonna do that and did somebody get the vase and you know <laughs> did who's gonna pick up the talent and da, 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 do you have a sh- i mean like you know we you know kind of like fuss and um but there is some serious love in that group of people mm-hmm. in in the extended community of volunteers and all that that's a and i would volunteer there if i had like no more hours in a day like i choose to do that mm-hmm. i would more than anything else because I feel affirmed, and I feel yeah. like it's also affirming to not only the black community, but the diaspora, right? Yeah. And so that is a place where, um, that I, I really just like feel my true authentic self, where my talents are used, and it's also a place where I can practice servant leadership. Like I don't have to be the leader, 
Mm-hmm. I can be the servant, mm-hmm. and I know how to be a good servant, right? Because yeah. I'm used to leading all day, making decisions, do da da. But I can just sit back, take order, take notes. Mm-hmm. T- some, you tell me where you want me to be, and mm-hmm. I'll just do the best I can. And there's something nice about supporting someone else, and supporting a, a, a collective mission, a vision, but co- supporting someone's vision, and just mm-hmm. like supporting, just to be in a supportive role is so fulfilling. Yeah. You don't always have to be the person in the front. Mm-hmm. So that's a place where I go to um, to feel affirmed. And then, you know, there are places in Richmond I just like to go to have some quiet time. Mm-hmm. Um, the Richmond Night Market is another place yeah. that I just feel like, oh, my God, like this is the best of Richmond. Yeah. Like I just love it. Yeah. Um, so I think there's so many um, there's so many people that are in Richmond that are doing the work of community mm-hmm. that um, that is affirming. Yeah. I. Um, I also have a little like walking group that I um, that I I don't know run is probably the wrong word, but mm-hmm. I have a little walking group, mm-hmm. a little hiking group, urban hikes. Um, I have a book club. Um, so those are some other places where um, where I'm bringing community together mm-hmm. to discuss things, to be out in nature, to whatever. Where, where I also feel affirmed, and where I also know that other people are being fed by these experiences mm-hmm. too. How vital is the affirming, supportive place for two, for one, for you personally, mm-hmm. but also given the work you have to do and who you have to be. How important yeah. is it for you to have, because that's a number of places and I'm in your life, you got stuff to do. Mm-hmm. So rotating through Africana meeting, hike meeting, book mm-hmm. club, like all of the, and you, your own time, My own for, time. for your own self. Mm-hmm. How, how vital is it for you just as a, as a grown woman, but also for the work you do? Yeah, so the work that I do is uh, stressful, mm-hmm. to say the least. It's joyful. The The work itself is joyful. To see two kids on the floor figuring mm-hmm. out a rocket mm-hmm. is like the best, mm-hmm. right? Um, to see a grandma and a granddaughter walking down the sidewalk talking about some math probably just worked on is the best. Mm-hmm. Like those are times where I'm just like, oh, I'm in flow. Like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the day-to-day like battle as a black woman running a STEM program, a STEM center is That's real. for real. The struggle yeah. is real. Yeah. And so I find that I, I, I absolutely need not only places that are affirming, but people that are affirming. Mm-hmm. And um, there are a couple of people at work where you know, we might spend all day just like supporting each other mm-hmm. because the work is just that difficult. The mm-hmm. workspace, not the work itself, but the workspace is that difficult. So, um, so I do um, rely on creating those spaces for myself and for finding people that I can affirm and that can affirm me as well mm-hmm. because the work is difficult. Yeah. Um, and not just my work, like a lot of people's work, probably everybody's work is difficult. Um, I just feel like I'm always battling for black and brown kids to get access mm-hmm. to resources. And I don't know why it's so hard, but it just seems to be hard. Um, I also have to remember to balance all of that out with just rest time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so I read a lot of books, I go on a lot of walks, I mm-hmm. bike ride a lot. So, um, you know, so just finding time to just be away and be mm-hmm. quiet is also important. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You, you're practicing the kind of self 
care right. and and um, self support right. that makes it possible for you to be to go back out and fight. Well, I mean, right? you've got to be like you 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 wear hats. Like you you got to be daughter. You got to be mommy. You right. got to be director. You got to be sister. You got to be like you've got to right. be all these different people. Right. Um. Some at the same time. Right. You got to do all right. that and and have something to give. Right. Um. But if you're right. not sensitive to where you are and what's going on with you, right? Then you have less to right. give to other exactly to other people. Exactly. Do, do you think? Um, so you mentioned two. You mm-hmm. mentioned Africana mm-hmm. and Richmond Night Market. Adrian was on. Oh yeah. Adrian was on last season, uh, and I I loved our conversation around kind of creating place. Mm-hmm. And it was beautiful. So you have, if you haven't listened to Adrian's episode, go back and listen to it. Go listen to Adrian's um, episode. It was good. But Adrian, are, we're supposed to have dinner soon. Mm-mm. Figure that out. Yeah, figure that yes. out. Uh, so for those two institutions that we have, mm-hmm. um, the unapologetic mm-hmm. and and super focused, open to all, but mm-hmm. the super focused, we are going to purposely identify certain artists, mm-hmm. certain content, so that we are going to reach certain people. Mm-hmm. Most often, those are black people. Right. Most often, those are brown people. Right. When you are thinking about your work, which you said is super focused mm-hmm. on brown uh, and black, mm-hmm. our brown and black students, um, how do you keep the unapologetic? I know this is what it is, because I'm guessing there is a temptation to we serve students in need. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. serve students who are marginalized. Mm-hmm. Well, you can pu- you, you can pull back from the brown mm-hmm. thing and the black thing and just be something else. Mm-hmm. Kids in poverty, right? But you're like, no, right. brown, black. Right. How do you keep that unapologetic? Like this is like an Africana, like right. a night market that's very purposeful in its work. How do you keep that? Yeah. And so I um, I don't think I do it to the extent that I could because mm-hmm. I'm all, because I'm all, yeah. So that's a good question. So there's a lot. One thing is just what do you have energy for? And how many fights can you do and how many can you do at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, which part of the elephant do you want to fight right. off at the what's, same what's at the one time? What's the one bite you want to What's the one bite, right? Yeah. And so at one point, um, I wrote a grant for um, a computer science program written, um, taught completely in Spanish. And that was like, like somebody, I don't know, <laughs> thought that was the worst idea in the world. I don't know. Well, then you, it's supposed to be English only, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, we're going to speak Spanish because these kids have some skills and yeah. they're going to do their thing and here we go and let's find a person who can speak Spanish to teach this class. Yeah. So I had, to, had enough fight like for that. So then what's the next thing? Making sure all our marketing materials are inclusive. What's the next thing? Getting a grant from the um, John Randolph Foundation to make sure the kids in Hopewell, black kids in Hopewell, mm-hmm. have access to summer programming, right? And so um, I haven't yet found the... Um, the way let me say this first the Math Science Invasion Center um, was um, developed for kids who were considered talented and gifted right so it was like a Mm -hmm. whole different mm -mm, so there were kids who were were not the kids that I'm talking mm -mm, I ain't gonna even say that so I went to the Math Science Center as a student but it's because I had a certain label on me and so given the stratification in Richmond most of the kids who went to the Math Science Center when it was first mm-hmm. conceptualized, um, were white. Mm-hmm. And so when I came there as a director, I noticed that there were not very many kids that looked like me 
running around mm-hmm. the Mass Science Center. Yeah. And so I had to do a lot of work to um, evolve different community partnerships, to involve school systems, um, all of that, to, um, to raise that flag and to get some more students in there and to develop, to write grants to actually target those communities. Mm-hmm. So I think the struggle that I have is that the center is for all students. Mm-hmm. You know, anybody can come, everybody can come. And there's a part of it that has to be for students who are underrepresented and under-resourced. And those are the black students, the brown students, and girls in some industries. Mm-hmm. And so the way that I do it is kind of, um, you know, writing grants and developing programs and all that. But I haven't found the way to say this center mm-hmm. is for this particular purpose. Mm-hmm. And that's the, you know, the juxtaposition that I'm struggling with, really, because that's not what the center was designed to do, even though that is a an absolute need for that in the community. And so I do it in the ways that I can. Mm-hmm. And I know that there are other organizations that do that unapologetically, sure. which yes, do that. Um, part of what I talked about though in my TED talk was the, um, I don't know, the wonderment or the importance of me as a black girl at the time, mm-hmm. working side by side with a white guy, boy mm-hmm. at the time, on some really cool science and math stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like we would never interact, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, having a kid, a white kid from Goochland working with a black kid from Richmond on something and seeing them like that's what the workforce needs to look like. Mm-hmm. And so how do we help them start to have those connections um, now? Mm-hmm. And so I really do battle with the are we unapolog- unapologetically for a particular group of people or are we for how do you make connections around the work? And then we have these like pockets of programs Mm-hmm. that meet the needs of different people. So that's that's kind of what I'm yeah. working on now. It's a little bit of both. Yeah, like you want folks who look like us to be affirmed in a very particular way and served in a particular way. Right. But we understand also part of our work, I think, does change the majority. Right. Right. And so how do we... how do we think about people in power? Right. How do we think about those who are not just, this is like a good example is when we talk about workforce, mm-hmm. right? And so, and I'm doing air quotes <laughs> as I say workforce. We think about workforce and sometimes that means poor people getting entry level jobs. Like we got to make sure the poor people get the entry level jobs. Yeah, not so right? much. And we lose sight of, hey, I this could be the new expansion of my multi-million dollar business and I'm entering into a new market. Right. Like that. Right. New opportunities could be that too. Right. Uh, and we lose sight of we do that. Yes, we're we not do. just the we're also We also we can do that. We as can do well. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and too often I think we're trying to to still remind mm-hmm. and still prove right. who we are, right, where our capabilities are. Um right. do, do you see your life kind of continuing in Richmond? Like you're back how many years? Seven or seven? eight. Seven? Seven, eight years. Um you're 
your daughter's here. You got family here. Like you gonna you gonna hang out in Richmond for a minute and roll with us. And yeah, I say us because I'm I'm raising my daughter here. Yes, so I'm gonna be here for a minute. But do you do you see Richmond hanging um, out, being here for a little bit? Yeah. So my grandmother's here. My dad's here. Um, Danielle is uh, at North Carolina A and T. She's a sophomore. And I said, Are you coming back to Richmond when you graduate? Yeah. She goes, I think I might want to see some more of the country. Um, I would. I think I will stick with Richmond for a while. I want to really just live in Costa Rica and just, <laughs> you know. Is that like, your place? That's that's a place that I love. Yeah. One of the places in the world that I love. And uh, I think I just want to, like, I don't know, tutor some kids and, you yeah. know, just live in the most beautiful place in the world. Um, so I really haven't figured out the next steps. Um, but I do think I want to stick around Richmond. Richmond is an exciting place yeah. to be right now. Um I feel like I'm growing again mm. um, here in Richmond, and 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 you know trying to figure out it's complicated, like trying to figure out what I'm going to do next and mm-hmm. and uh, all that. In some ways, I still feel like Richmond is small for me. Mm-hmm. I've lived in Boston and New York, and so yeah. So I'm thinking about like, am I thinking small because I'm in a small place? Mm-hmm. Like, if I thought bigger, would bigger take me to another place? And yeah. I want to be here because of my family is here. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some responsibilities therein. And so I'm trying to think about, like, is my thinking being, you know, overshadowed by the physical place that I'm in? Um, If I could do anything in the world I wanted to do, what would I do? And, you know, so I'm trying to figure that out, but I think I will stay around. It's it's an exciting, dynamic place. I made, you know, I have friends here from elementary school, actually. Yeah. And, um and you know, made a bunch of new friends, and mm-hmm. so yeah, I think I'll stay around for a little while. Your option of Costa Rica—it's always fascinating to me that there are versions of your life that you can imagine that are not like I go to work from this to this, and I—I'm a manager of this, <laughs> and I run this, and I like you can imagine a life of. I feel like the beats today. Yes, that's what I'm gonna do. What's your job? I don't know. I, don't I know. mean, I do some stuff. People yeah. pay me money. Or my investment portfolio performs really well, and uh, therefore I'm able to spend some time in Costa Rica for four months. But like you can imagine a world and a life for yourself that, if I'm guessing, might not have been one you were exposed to, right? Or taught, right? Baby girl, go get a job, right? Like, go to work. Oh my gosh, yes. Right. Right. How? how when did that kind of? I call it freedom. Mm-hmm. I call it freedom to imagine yourself just as you want to be. And to pursue it, mm-hmm. right? Costa Rica is a, that's an option. You can, mm-hmm. you can figure out how to do that. Mm-hmm. Can you? Do you remember? Like, do you, like, do you remember kind of getting into that kind of freedom in your mind? Like, I can, I can be who I want, and I can do what I want. I can pursue the things I'm passionate about, and figure out how to live my life. And and maybe I don't have it all figured out, but I can figure mm-hmm. out pieces of it. Do you remember kind of entering into that kind of freedom? So with your, I think it's kind of, life? yeah. So I think it's two parts because you just added work and life at the end. But I'm going <laughs> to like personally, <laughs> that changes things. So, um, yeah, so I think. So I think I'm not there yet. Like I mm-hmm. still have a, uh, I don't know, I still have a, I don't know, attitude of fear somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I always say like, if you worry, why pray? If you pray, why worry? You yeah. can't like worry and pray both. at the same time. Yeah. So I like have to. But we do. But we do. Like we do. Like trust God <laughs> or like worry. Like you can't do both. And um, so 
so I don't have it all figured out. I, I am a rule follower. Um, are you? Oh, see, nobody knows that, right? Because really? I'm so like spontaneous and like spunky you, and everything. You are the freest people I know. I am. Yeah. I am. But in some things, I'm really, you know, I went to Walmart with a friend of mine and I was like, you can't go like in the outdoor. He was like, dude, really? Like, it'll open. I'm like, it's not going to open. And he was like, do, 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 do. And it like, oh, I'm like, oh. I was like, oh my God. Like, I would walk all the way around to go in the indoor yeah. instead of like in the outdoor. So I was like, no, but you're not supposed to do that. And he was like, really, dude? Like, I'm like, no, because it's traffic and whatever. So, <laughs> something, some roof like. So, I have figured out, I think through like some personal trauma, I've, um, learn to really depend on myself and to um, to push through the fear. So like, mm. do it scared, do it afraid, um, because it's better than being like in the trauma that mm. was just like over there somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so I've kind of conditioned myself to be able to pursue some things that I was not exposed to mm-hmm. um, because I just want to do something different, and have a different experience, and I didn't want to live in a certain way. And um, and you know, so I think that the personal drove the professional. Um, hmm. And so, yeah, so, you know, so changing from the idea of being a doctor, so I was supposed to be a doctor. My mm-hmm. dad worked at MCV, like the whole thing. Yeah. And I was like, uh, one day I was like, I think I want to be a teacher. And they were like, no. <laughs> oh, what are you doing with your life? No. You know, it's like, oh, like, are you kidding? You'll never make any money, blah, blah. And um, I think that's probably the first time where I was like, I really can do what I want. Mm-hmm. And this kind of feels good. Yeah. And um, even though I was afraid to do it and all that stuff. And um, so I think I just keep doing stuff afraid. Um, my photographs is a whole other thing, right? Like mm-hmm. I, um, you know, I just like I had a really rocky couple of years at work mm-hmm. and a couple of us promised like, what is your passion? Like we each said like, what's your passion? Yeah. And I was like, well, I like taking you know pictures, I like whatever. And we were like, okay, we're gonna all promise to do something with our passions. And I was so afraid to like let that go, mm-hmm. like the my photography and um, and, you know, through a weird, through like the universe at work, mm-hmm. through a weird series, series of events, I found myself at like, I don't know, the um, St. Joseph's Villa with mm-hmm. a card table and a, and a something written marker, Holly Freeman photography written in marker and a cold clone standing beside me. And I'm like selling photos, <laughs> <laughs> scared to death. Yeah. And um, so I think I just push myself to do stuff that I'm afraid to do but I still have the fear so I can imagine myself living in Costa Rica I don't know how that's gonna happen mm-hmm. but I can imagine me doing it even though I would be like do I have enough money to do this mm-hmm. what if I need to come back quickly you know like I still have like I still want things to be planned out maybe right. that's the way to say it. like some I'm a rule follower I want like everything to be planned out mm-hmm. but I will do it anyway because it's something that I'm trying to like keep practicing mm-hmm. so I'll just so that's why like I've I do feel free in my body, and people see me as being free. I do try a lot of things. I try a lot of things. I just try stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, I'm scared to do it. Yeah. But I just try it. And I think other people stop when they get afraid. I just keep going when I get afraid. That's good. Yeah. That's real good. Uh, for your girl at uh, A&T. A&T. She's Aggie. Yeah. Uh, I thought about going to A&T. I but did. you went to North Carolina Central, I, right? I went to state. State. I chose state. Um, it was, I, I think, it was out of state tuition for either one. Oh and my just, God, you know, yes. faci- it was more money, but I thought a better overall facility and you know, a better yeah. experience. So I just went to A and T for homecoming. Because they're supposed to have the greatest homecoming ever, well, which I haven't actually been to yet. Now, folks who went to Hampton and Howard, they might argue that others have better <laughs> homecomings, but I'm just saying. A and T is supposed to have the greatest. Home- like, great. Yeah, like lit. turn up for A and T homecoming. Yes, so I'm trying to go next year. 
<laughs> I'm like, dude, how did I miss homecoming this year? Oh, She's like, yes. oh, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. you just didn't want me to yeah. come. Uh, how is it watching your, in what year is she now? This She's is, a sophomore. This year two. Mm-hmm. Okay. How is it observing her at HBCU in North Carolina mm-hmm. and all that you poured into into her yeah. to watch her grow and develop and you know I do you do you remember your second year? I do. And what were you what were you like year two? I was in the library. Were you? Oh yeah, because I'm a rule follower. <laughs> <laughs> I go to the library and I study there. Okay. Um yeah, I was I mean no, I was yes, I did study a lot. Yeah. But um I was um I think so we had a very strong black student union. So mm-hmm. all the events were with that. So like there were parties and there was cookouts and there was whatever and whatever. Yeah. So there was a um, a strong core group of people. So right. I wasn't um, like out in the world doing crazy stuff, right. um, but really taking advantage of the city. I did a lot of babysitting to ra- to um, to raise to get money, money to yeah. make money. Yeah. Um, a lot of work study. I was grinding when okay. I was uh, in school. And really trying to figure myself out, mm-hmm. I feel like Danielle is light years ahead of me. And really? I am like so happy. Yeah, I feel yeah. like, whoo, like you have so much emotional intelligence. It's not even funny. Like she does. Yeah. She has so much emotional intelligence that it's amazing. So she goes to HBCU. I went to a PWI. And I was really like not trying to want her to go to HBCU because I was like, just the resources that you get that you usually get at a mm-hmm. PWI, the kind of the people, all that, right? Yeah. And I was and I was afraid because it was not my experience. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, when, when we walked down the hallways of the Landscape Architecture Building and she just like, her eyes got all big and I was like, mm-hmm. this is where she's supposed to be. So yeah. I'm just gonna like do it afraid. Mm-hmm. The, the bill is humongous because it's out of state tuition. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I'm just gonna do this afraid. I don't know, I don't know how this gonna work out. But yeah. she is loving her experience. And I am loving watching her, mm-hmm. love her experience. Um, she, you know, the way that she navigates friendships is much smarter than the way I navigated friendships. Um, the way that she navigates relationships is much smarter than the way I navigated relationships. Um, she's like a, sto- a solid, sturdy girl. Yeah. I felt like when I was in college, I wasn't solid or sturdy. Right? Mm-hmm. I was just kind of like, Rawr! like just trying to like figure it out mm-hmm. and flopping around and and all of that. I did find my voice in college, but I felt like I felt like I grew up there. I feel like she grew up before she got there. Mm-hmm. And now she's using that to her advantage. When you imagine her five years from now, uh, well, she'll have a, at least a bachelor's degree. Maybe yeah. she might be pursuing something else. Yeah. What do you think she might be doing in the world? So what she wants to do, and I think, so Danielle, this is funny. So Danielle has always, I have always trusted her because even if I think it's wrong, it somehow, like she somehow mm-hmm. works it out. So I just, now I'm just like, I just trust that you you love this and that's, you know, that's how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So what she says she wants to do, which I can imagine her doing, is developing um, architecture in communities that brings communities together. So she's looking mm. at outdoor spaces, um, not even trees, but like she was talking about these like algae, like these vertical algae racks that you put like on sidewalks mm-hmm. and they something filter the sun and they something, something, it's a better than tree. I don't know. Nope. She has a whole <laughs> thing. But so I think that she she's she is very committed to supporting black and brown communities. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do you develop the building infrastructure, 
the community infrastructure in terms of like brick and mortar stuff mm-hmm. and algae blooms and whatever to, um, and she, I'm probably saying that wrong. She's gonna kill me because I'm probably not <laughs> saying the right word. <laughs> but how do you develop that to help people have healthy lives? Yeah. And so, um, so I think she's gonna be building some stuff. Yeah. I think she's gonna be building stuff and designing spaces and, um, and going to community meetings and yeah. all of that. Which to me is what an amazing legacy of your grandparents. True. Right, to live life in this state. Yep. As hard as that was, to yep. be a black person in Virginia was hard. Yep. <laughs> and to then have you come up in that, mm-hmm. and you have this amazing life and career, building, creating, supporting, and then your daughter gets to have access to a four-year year college. Mm-hmm to then learn how to support her desire to build and create. Right, and to that's, like pick up awesome. where I left off and just like, just blow it out of the water. I keep saying like, her, Danielle, and that whole generation of kids, like they got next. Like I'm yeah. just depending on them to like fix it because we kind of made a mess. And I just feel like they have the energy, the power, the innovation to just do mm-hmm. what needs to be done. And I totally feel like, I feel confident that next generation is gonna just yeah. work this thing out. If you, let's say you stick out, stick in Richmond for a little bit. Let's say you stick for a little bit. Uh, What's Richmond's potential? Like you see, you've seen some of what we can do. Like when our potential is more realized, what do you think Richmond can pull off? What do you think we can do? Man, I just, you know, so just walking up here together, I'm just kind of looking around Mm -hmm. on the street. And I see, like, there's a beautiful boutique, and then there's the, you know, all that stuff, right? And then you see, like, the big old giant bus stop mm-hmm. with, like, all the people just kind of hanging there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, like, can we do something with that? Like, can we can we make sure that everyone who wants access, not saying that they don't, mm-hmm. but everyone, well, everyone that wants access to employment opportunities or whatever, whatever they want, like, can we be a place that everyone has access to the thing that they want or need access mm-hmm. to, right? Um, can we break down some of the barriers that's in people's way? Mm-hmm. So are there mental health barriers? Are there housing barriers, mm-hmm. um, transportation barriers? Yeah. So like we still are the city of dichotomies. And so what would it look like if it really wasn't? Like, is it even possible to have a place where everyone is just doing what they need to do? Yeah. Like, right, like, is that is that place even, I mean, that's utopia, right? But, like, does that place exist where people are, like, effective and, mm-hmm. you know, doing what they're passionate about? And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just feel like I would love it not to be a city of dichotomies. And I think that's why I like, you know, the, um, like, Africana, the Richard mm-hmm. Night Market, because people are just, like, an all together. Mm-hmm. Um, someone talked about, I think it might have been a blog post, um, I think, where someone's talking about that they sat down with a man who's homeless and just mm-hmm. had a conversation at the Richmond Night Market. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's a beautiful thing, right? So how does everyone get what they need? How can we create space where everyone gets what they need, but only what they need in terms of like the stuff I talked about, like mm-hmm. housing and work jobs and stuff like that, but how can they get what they need like inside, yeah. like their soul stuff? Yeah. So I would like to see Richmond do some of that work, not yeah. about like the brick and mortar so, mo- so much, but yeah, like how do people get what they need so mm-hmm. that they can be happy, yeah. productive? I, I shared 
uh, a post about giving your presence mm-hmm. at the holiday time, mm-hmm. um, spending time with people, checking on people, just because we there know it's like, it's for some people this is a lot of joy. Well, some people it is it's, not. It is not. Uh, and this this sensitivity to how you are as a human, mm-hmm. you know, how you exist in the world, uh, especially for any of us who like we do stuff, we lead stuff, and to have someone like are you. You good? Right. Are you like really for good? real? Like for real. Mm-hmm. And to create a let's have a conversation. That's the kind of rich I would like to live know, in. Um, mm-hmm. But you you bring out this idea of well, it's not just the hard things of mm-hmm. work and transportation and housing and clean air and, right. and good water, like all of that. But like your your soul, your, your soul. state, like if we got to care. Is for your that soul too. okay? Yeah. That's yes, good. that's really good. And really not just at the holidays, but all the time, right? Yeah. Like, is your soul okay? And I might not be able to help you, but can I direct you to a place Here's where you go? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's the kind of Richmond I would like to live in. I, I try to inject some hope into these conversations. <laughs> no, because we're like, oh my gosh. No, I is, no, I This it, is not one of the like woo no, well, ones. It absolutely is. I, I think that that view for me is something to hope for, mm-hmm. right? To hope that Richmond can be the kind of place that doesn't just give you access to some really cool things. Right. All the good food, all right. the good restaurants, but it can be good for your soul. Right. And at the same time, we understand we're working in a context, in a place historically, mm-hmm. when that was untrue. Right. Right. And we're trying, and we know the legacy of that, but in that, we are trying, we're trying to do some things. Right. Trying to turn some things. And I think our, our collective insight and mm-hmm. availability to that work mm-hmm. uh, gives us a shot mm-hmm. uh, at, to at least model it and try right. it and fail at it and try right. again right. Um, so that when our babies are, you know, leading this thing and doing their stuff that, all right, right, you know, they can say, you know, mommies and daddies, you guys did some stuff. Yep. We're going to try to build upon. Build upon it, yeah. And do some, exactly. do some other things. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. I have enjoyed our conversation. Thanks for jumping on the podcast. Awesome. Thank you. And and sharing your life with me and all the people. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks again to Holly for that conversation, for jumping on here with me. Uh, Again, if you want to learn more about the Math Science Innovation Center, check out their website, mymsic.org. Each episode, we highlight some organization or some event that is doing some really good work, has a really nice mission, good mission, uh, doing some powerful stuff in the community. And today, we are highlighting uh, THC, the human connection, and they are all about creating unique opportunities for individuals and organizations that create space for exponential impact and social change. I got a chance to do some work with them, and um, they had a one of these cool conversations over at the Hoff uh, in the dark room brought a lot of us out to just kind of sit and talk and share our experiences. So that was pretty dope. Uh, but check them out. You can follow them on Facebook. You can check them out on Instagram, the Human Connection Think Tank. So find that on Facebook, find that on Instagram and follow them and check out the stuff that they're doing. As always, I want you to please take care of yourself. Let's make sure we are taking care of each other. And uh, keep listening. we got some more good conversations coming up for you in this season of the 40 Lessons Podcast. And we will see you next Tuesday right back here. Take care.